Welcome to Liz Collin Reports. On the podcast, a legislative session some lawmakers have said will go down as satanic in Minnesota. As minors and vulnerable adults who live in states where gender surgery is banned will be allowed to travel to Minnesota to receive it here. Jamie Michelle is the founder of Gays Against Groomers. She joins me today to discuss this progressive and dangerous trend that we've now seen spread across the country. But Jamie, thank you so much for being my guest and for your bravery in uh, continuing to speak out against all of this. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's an absolute nightmare what's going on in Minnesota and many other uh, states around the country. Absolute freak show, horror show, the stuff of nightmares. I do want to get into your background. It's quite interesting. And the mission of, of the group you, you founded in a moment. Um, but but talking about that, what's going on in Minnesota now, i just kind of curious for your take. We have this executive order signed by our governor basically allowing Minnesota to become a trans-refuge state, as they're calling it. And now stronger, more permanent protections passing the House and Senate to become law. But why is this happening? Why has this been allowed to happen in in so many places? You know, first of all, I want to address the language they call it. They call it gender-affirming care. And I think that so many people don't even know that what that really means and what's actually happening. They intentionally make this language sound friendly, but what it is is they're uh, mutilating, butchering, and chemically castrating children. Um, so, you know, the idea that this is somehow any form of care is a complete lie. Um, yeah, it's very shocking and sad to see more states becoming this sort of refuge and sanctuary state for kids, uh, to, to get these procedures done. The the truth is no child can make uh, a permanent decision. Um, I, I thank God every day that I wasn't raised in this generation because, you know, with the, all the indoctrination going on uh, and the social contagion spreading, um, I would have been led to believe that I, too, was born in the wrong body when the reality is I've never one day in my life wanted to be the opposite sex. Uh, but it's very alarming to see what's happening in Minnesota. Um, you know, just yesterday that also happened in uh, Colorado. Um, and, and yeah, I think that, I think that the people at the very top are evil. I truly think it's evil. I think, um, profits are behind it. Uh, and I think the push to normalize pedophilia is kind of the end game here, because if a child can consent to something as extreme as permanently altering their body and becoming medical patients for life, um, it's not a far line to draw that they can consent to anything. And we know where that goes. So it's it's scary. You talk about this evil, Jamie, and it, it's interesting to to even watch all of this. And, and sadly, I think so many people have their own lives going on. They're they're not tuning in. But you have the chief author of the House bill. Uh, it's Democratic Representative Finke. It's the state's first openly transgender legislator, named Minnesota's Woman of the Year by USA Today. You know, as the as the media, it seems almost cheerleads this this whole movement. But yet, during the the floor debate, Finky says again and again that you know he has no idea of the medical consequences of any of this so called health care uh, on on minors. And I know your group is very outspoken that in fact the evidence uh, supports the opposite, doing more harm. I think people need to really understand that there are no long term medical studies on the effects of these drugs, these puberty blocking drugs, which, um, you know, historically, and even still now they have been used to chemically castrate sex offenders, adult sex offenders, obviously. And so they're absolutely ravaging the bodies of, uh, younger people and nobody knows the long-term effects that those will have. 
Uh, but from what we do see in the short term, um, you know, some of these side effects are vision loss, brain swelling. Uh, and then, of course, you know, when you go into the surgeries, you can't want they're they're giving double mastectomies to 12 and 13 year old girls. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that says a lot that the person pushing for this who is trans themselves uh, doesn't even know the effects that this has on kids. You know, they, they're trying to ram this through in the name of diversity or inclusion and acceptance, you know, and using our community, the LGB and T community as a scapegoat, you know, to silence the opposition, anybody that speaks out against it and calling them transphobic. And that's obviously not the truth. I mean, protecting children has nothing to do with being trans or being anti-trans. Uh, it's just about safeguarding children. And um, I urge people, you know, to not be scared of being called that word or bigot or homophobe or any of the other slurs they want to call you, um, because this is kind of do or die. Like there is nothing more important than protecting children. And, you know, they're innocent and, and we need to stand up for them and, and protect them in any way we can. And that's what I did want to ask you about, too, Jamie. In your experience, how has this trans movement affected the gay community? Oh, it's totally wiping all the progress. You know, the, the long fought, hard fought progress that we did achieve, you know, getting our equal rights, the right to marry, having the same rights as every other American in this country. You know, we achieved that not that long ago. I believe federally it became law in 2015. Um, and, and almost overnight, it feels the trans movement, um, by this, this radical, these radical extremists is pushing us back decades. Um, you know, the opinion of gay and lesbian people is declining. They're, we're losing our good standing in society that we just recently achieved. And it's hard to blame people, um, you know, that, that look upon us less favorably. And, uh, but, but that's what Gays Against Groomers is here to do on top of, you know, first and foremost, trying to end this abuse being done to children, but also to separate ourselves from this radical mob um, these extremists that are doing this in our name because the majority of gay and lesbian people, and I believe even trans people, I believe, you know, the majority of them, they just don't make the news, you know, but, but most people are, are in our community are against this and we're here to give a voice to them and to make the public keenly aware that there is a big difference between us and them. Um, and it's really unfortunate, you know, it's terrible for the children and, and it's really bad for us too. And and when did this all start for you, that this personal mission? You talked a little bit about, you know, what you're doing, and, and you actually shared that you may be starting uh, something here in Minnesota very soon, mm -hmm. as we've seen this uh, crop up uh, across the country. Well, you know, I had been seeing it happening the same as anybody else. Uh, you know, the videos that were coming out from libs of TikTok and, and all the other viral content and uh, that, that started uh, being put online, showing the reality of what's being done here. And, um, you know, myself and my friends, my gay friends that I've made over the years, uh, that are outspoken about this stuff, we were all speaking out individually, but there wasn't a unified front to kind of, uh, push back against this mob. So I, I whipped the group together, it popped in my head and I, I asked all my friends to join it with me. And so that's how it formed. Um, but as far, yeah, so right now we currently have 13 chapters in the United States and a few abroad as well. And, uh, with Minnesota, things are getting so bad there. We are in the process of launching our Minnesota chapter. Hopefully in the next few weeks, it will be up and running. Um, but the goal here for us is to have a chapter in every state in the nation 
because you know we were in in the same t at the same time as we're seeing these horrific bills pass in many blue states um we are seeing a lot of pushback and laws being put into place that ban these procedures and medications on children so you know i think in the end we're going to win it it's going to be a lot harder in blue states um but but i am hopeful that we will end this grave abuse being done to children in our name uh, on the other side here uh, in Minnesota, legislation has been introduced to classify drag shows as adult entertainment. I think many of us think it's not going to go anywhere uh, this session as we see what's what's playing out. But we do see this all over the place. Drag shows, family restaurants, Mall of America is hosting a drag show. What is the goal here? People always ask me that. Why are they Why are they doing this? Why are they uh, targeting and trying to, to normalize this around our children? Well, as I said earlier, I truly believe the end goal of this agenda is to normalize pedophilia, uh, you know, to, to sexualize children, to get them used to that, to being around that, um, to making and, and to giving children autonomy over their bodies. And like I was saying, you know, if they can consent to changing their gender um, before they can even pick their bedtime, I mean, <laughs> what can't they consent to? And so I, I, I truly believe the goal is to normalize pedophilia. Um, and, and the sad thing that is that now all these child predators, you know, they used to have to hide and do their, their business behind closed doors, try and groom children and prey on children behind closed doors in secrecy. But now they can just identify, you know, a man can identify as a woman, a man could throw on some, you know, obscene makeup and clothing and, and say they're a drag queen and get, and get these kids to dance for them and, and get close to children in women's locker rooms. And, um, you know, it's creating a very wide open door for, for pedophiles to come right through and, and for them to evade criticism, you know? Uh, and, and so it's shocking. Um, but yeah, I would say that the end goal and the motivation is, is to, uh, slowly, but surely, I mean, I think it's happening a lot faster now, but to normalize pedophilia and make it so child children are able to consent. Well, we'll show a picture here, but we have our lieutenant governor with a knife on a T-shirt uh, with a messaging saying protect trans rights uh, recently while she's holding a press conference and saying that it's our jobs as parents to believe our, our kids when they tell us uh, who they are, uh, which mm -hmm. I, I think is kind of an infamous statement now at, at this point. But so on one hand, you have uh, our so-called leaders uh, pushing this message. Well, they stay silent uh, again and again after, let's say, the Colorado Springs uh, shooting or the the, the uh, trans incident that involved the, the Nashville uh, school sh shooter. Instead, this messaging is all about uh, guns, and, and that's why I think that people do need to pay attention because, in many uh, instances, this this can be very dangerous. Oh, definitely. And you know, the the media and politicians they are pushing the lie that there is some sort of trans genocide taking place, and it is radicalizing uh, these trans militants. You know, um, what wouldn't you do if there was a genocide happening against your kind? You know, and, and so I think that these people are turning to violence. Um, because they really believe that that is happening. But the truth is, we're just saying, and these laws being passed are just to uh, protect children. So, you know, I think that it's the media is being incredibly irresponsible. Democrat politicians, same. Um, 
but I think that they know exactly what they're doing. I think that's what they want, you know? So, um, yeah, it's very dangerous. And scaring many people in, into silence, as I know you've talked about b- before. And I, and I was hoping you could just, um, just a couple more questions here. I know your mm-hmm. uh, time, uh, we want to stick to our time commitment, but you've had to deal uh, with, with a lot for taking this brave stance uh, that you have uh, over the years. Just, just talk about what your life ha- has been like for, for pushing back and coming forward. Um, yeah, well, I get death threats almost every day. <laughs> you know, it doesn't bother me that much. Uh, 99.9% of these people are all talk, but it doesn't only really take one crazed lunatic. So we have to up our security anytime we go to events or, or hold protests and rallies. Um, you know, I've been slandered as a far right Nazi, basically, even though I'm Jewish. <laughs> it's always funny to me. Perfect. Um, <laughs> that's okay. You know, if, if Gays Against Groomers and myself weren't receiving this kind of backlash, uh, I would think that we aren't doing a good enough job. So I knew that that was going to happen when we launched Gays Against Groomers. Uh, but it just goes to show how threatened they are by us. You know, they, as soon as we came on the scene, they tried to write us off as a far right, anti-trans, anti-LGBTQ extremist, uh, hate group. Um, and, and that shows that, you know, that's the only defense mechanism they have against this. All they have is name calling and intimidation and censorship. Um, so, you know, going back to my earlier point, that's why I am hopeful because, we have the majority of the population on our side and, and they only have that. And, uh, the jig is up. They can tell that it's coming to an end and they're kind of, you know, reeling out of fear that, that they won't be able to do this to children for much longer. Um, and they won't be as long as we have something to do with it, a say in it. (laughs) What is your advice then to those who've been sitting on the sidelines when this all feels so, so hopeless at, at times, what do you suggest? You know, what, what can people do? I would suggest to get involved locally. You know, everything happens at a local level. I mean, it's one, it's really easy to go out and maybe go to a school board meeting. Um, you have to get over that initial fear. Uh, you have to be bold and courageous and not worry what others think of you, especially when the others are such evil monsters such as these. Um, but I, I recommend people go to a school board meeting, try and get this out of schools, voice your dissent to it in public. Um, you know, speak out on social media. And uh, if you if you're worried about your job, I understand some people are worried about losing their job or their friends. Um, I get that. But at the same time, you have to understand that we are at this turning point in history. And this will this time will be looked back upon uh, as probably the largest medical abuse scandal in our history. Um, so I just urge people to find their courage and know, you know, if somebody does want to call you transphobic or homophobic or a bigot, say, you know what, actually, there's this group of gay and trans people called gays against groomers that are fighting this too. And I'm not going to let you uh, gaslight me into to saying that I am those things when I only want to protect children. Well, Jamie, Michelle, many of us appreciate your courage very much. Thank you again for your time today. And we look forward uh, to your work continuing here here in Minnesota. I think that's encouraging news for many of us. Thank you so much. And that will do it for this episode of Liz Collin Reports. We will see you next time.